Hello and welcome to Collisions YYC. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Today on the show, I sit down with Miss Kimberly Van Vliet. She's the founder and CEO of Wave and Convergex. Kimberly is a matchmaker. She's a translator. She's an integrator. More importantly, she's spent the last 15 years of her life navigating the complex world of bridging the gap between aerospace, defense, and, and military, and the oil and gas sector, the mining sector, more recently, the fashion sector. Anywhere that technology is an underpinning with a high degree of expertise and a high degree of specificity and how they can learn from each other to create that cross benefit and that essentially that we are better together. She applies that to her learnings on Calgary, what we can do, what we have been doing as a city to move ourselves forward, to knock down the silos and be very very open to where technology and our way and our next innovation can come from. Join me for a good old fashioned chat with Kimberly Van Vliet. Good morning. I'm here with my with my friend. We're just chatting away with Kimberly Van Vliet. How are you? Did I say that correctly? First of all, you did very good. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I hate. I usually like to clarify. I hate. To, I hate tearing apart somebody's name. But Kimberly, yeah. thanks for joining me this morning on the podcast. You and I have crossed paths a few times. It's Calgary, so of course we've crossed paths sometimes over mm-hmm. the years. Mm-hmm. But I honestly. I need to know more about what you do and your perspective. So maybe we'll start. You own and run Wave, uh, and you also own Convergex. So let's just start mm-hmm. and let the audience in on. Tell us a little bit about those. What you do and kind of what uh, what keeps you busy day to day. Sure. Um, so Wave uh, is a company. It's a strategic consulting company that started uh, around 15 years ago, um, and it, it came as a result of uh, basically I was I was working as a a business development for a law firm, Stonecracker Scientific Law. And what they do is they help companies who do research and development get their tax credits back. And I started with that firm when it first started. And so um, uh, the founding lawyer, Kevin Wong, said, well, you know, you need to pick an industry that uh, does research and development and that you're interested in and uh, because you're going to spend a lot of time in it. And, I, and immediately I just, well, that's easy, aerospace and defense. And um, and because that industry itself is is an umbrella industry, all technologies and innovations feed up and out of it. Um, so it's a very it, yeah. It's it, if you look back at what technologies have come out of it from a civilian perspective, there's quite a few, and there's a lot that can go into it. So it's a very dynamic uh, industry, which I can explain more on um, a bit yeah, later. Just, just a curious question: Was your when when asked the question of what's the industry you're most interested in, I would argue that quite a few people I know wouldn't say aerospace and defense is their first answer. So I thought that was kind of interesting. You're like, well, obviously aerospace and defense. What else could there be? Did, did you just curious? Did you have did you have a background in that? Was that an area like that? That it felt a bit random. It felt a bit like boom out of left field. <laughs> Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, um, I, I guess to go back uh, even further, my family has been very involved in the in the um, defense industry from a from a various perspective. So it's been kind of I guess you could say in my blood for a very long time. Um, my my grandfather was a commodore in the navy, um, was fight fought in the Battle of Atlantic, which we just celebrated the anniversary of uh, last weekend, and then. Um, we had uh, my my brother retired as head of NATO flight training uh, for the Canadian Armed Forces uh, for the uh, Air Force, 
And then uh, my uncle retired as uh, head of thesis for Western Canada. So, um, oh, so you okay? It's deep, yeah, well, yeah, the deep yeah. Level, level, royalty level in the military. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they, all, they all had big shoes to fill, and and I knew. I want to come to Christmas dinner at your place because I can imagine <laughs> whatever conversations are allowed to be had. I would love to overhear them. <laughs> it would be pretty boring because it's like, "How's your day? How's your day? Good, good. Okay, great. Yeah, Next." Yeah, no, so, and, no, <laughs> and nobody says a word. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. Um, it, it kind of, um, I knew from from seeing their lives and what they do that I wouldn't fit into the traditional model. So um, it was it was quite early on that I decided I still wanted to serve our country, but I didn't want to do it in the traditional method. Um, and so I started to think of how could I give back to our forces or support our forces, men and women, either on the front line, whether they're here in North America or whether they're at a Ford operating base somewhere else. How could we help them? And how could I do that from a civilian stance? Okay. And so. Thanks for the backstory. It make, that makes a lot more sense when you kind of wrap it around that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so fast forward um, uh, years later, um, uh, when Kevin said, fit, figure out what you're going to do uh, or what industry. And I told him defense and he's like, okay. So then it was a couple years and, and uh, that's where I really started to build up my connections in the aerospace and defense world. And of course, as you can imagine here in Canada, there is uh, most of that centers around Ottawa um, and, and uh, Quebec. So Ontario, Quebec, uh, Manitoba, and then you'll see some aerospace out in British Columbia and you'll see a lot of stuff um, in the Maritimes as well. Um, Navy, of course, on either coast. So, and, and you see a lot of, here in the Prairie Provinces, you see a lot of in-service support and performance-based logistics going on. So there's a lot of, um, once contracts are won, which are announced out in Ottawa, then all the work really happens and it comes out West usually is oh, where it happens. Okay. So oh, the not sexy stuff comes out West. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then, um, um, so a couple years after that, uh, we had a lot of companies coming to us saying, well, this is great. You helped us get our tax credit back. Now, can you help us with a variety of other things? And I said, well, I can do that. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't need to be a part of this law firm. I can break away. And that's when I formed Wave. And oh, so Wave, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So Wave originally started to do uh, things like just helping companies with either business plans or strategic marketing and communications, a variety of other things that they may have needed help with. Um, but then it quickly grew into me recognizing, of course, living in Calgary, which was and is a very uh, energy centric town um, versus Ottawa, which is a very government and defense kind of town and tech. Um, uh, people at the time, so keep in mind, this was 15 years ago, people were very much like, well, how can you be doing defense living in Calgary? And, you know, and you should be moving to Ottawa because this is where the action is. And 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 so, um, and I said, well, no, 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 you need me out in Calgary because I was starting to recognize that the technologies that were being developed or needed amongst these different industries actually were very synergistic between the two. So energy slash oil and gas very similar um, in their in the way they they think. Um, very both very male dominated, both very insular, both very um, protective of their technology and their secrets. So they they understand each other quite well if you try and get them together. Oh, that's an interesting concept. And yeah. I, one of my questions I always ask, which was part of why I was really excited to have you on, is which two industries would you collide together that have that can benefit from each other but aren't talking? Clearly, you yeah. saw that as an opportunity is what you built your whole business on. 
Yes, exactly, exactly. And so, and their standards are very close too. So, for example, ISO ratings are very similar between um, the defense and, and energy industries. Um, you, you may just have to tweak it. And I'm, and I'm not talking going full on militarized because, of course, the defense industry doesn't put everything into like a militarized version. Um, okay. So they they That's have interesting a paradigm because from no. my my uneducated mind, oh defense military like I tend to bolt those two together, but there is a, there is a different they're two different lanes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, so no. they can often work with technologies that don't have to be militarized, and so and then they also develop technologies um, that aren't that aren't militarized. Um, um, uh, because back then I was I was getting calls from a variety of defense contractors saying, "Hey, we developed this system, um, a radar system that we think would be great in the energy industry, or we developed a, you know, or they would say um, we need better oil water separators. Well, we're going to go develop it ourselves. Well, no, why are you doing that? Go to the energy industry who kind of do that on a daily basis, and and modify their 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 technology and just put it in your ship." So, so when they're solving problems, it isn't always with a militarized outcome predetermined. Correct. Like we need to solve this military problem, so we'll pull back. It's it's much more broad than that. That's an interesting perspective. I, I just yeah. it's easy to just draw one line and just connect it right to the other. For me, you know, without well, really putting points do. on it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because because most people don't have their. There's not a lot of people who actually. Um, understand the aerospace and defense industry. I guess you could say that about every industry, actually. Um, after doing right. this for so many years, people get very siloed in their own industry. So looking outside into another industry, they don't fully understand, you know, the type of technology, what's needed. Um, it, you know, it can be really hardcore and like rocket scientist stuff, or it could be, you know what, we just need a widget. We need a widget that we haven't been able to find in our own industry mm. that could do this. And we, you know, and now we need to go over and look at in this other industry. Interesting to hear that both defense, you know, aerospace and oil and gas were both very insular in the sense that they didn't, they didn't even want to open the kimono to another industry. Like this is what we do and we know our thing, you mm -hmm. know what you do. Like that kind of makes sense when you think about defense, because there's a degree of secrecy and a degree of like, keep your cards really close that I would assume. Mm -hmm. But to hear that it's really equally so and an equal mindset at oil and gas, it makes sense now that I hear you say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. And the mining industry is the same. And I would say the one industry that's not as, and I don't even like to classify it as an industry would be tech because tech is more of an enabler amongst all industries. So Thank you. that has been the theme in the last few weeks <laughs> of the podcast. So like I had Mary, I was talking with Mary Moran from CD yeah. uh, last week, I have an area, but she's like, we have to stop calling it. It's not a sector. It's it's tech is an underpinning of everything. And you know, yeah. that movement, and I think people are starting to realize like, it's easy to just go, oh, this is the tech sector. It's like, well, no, no, no. Yeah. It's an innate Enabler for all things that we do mm -hmm. now, industrial, consumer, doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. So, but all of them are very much uh, very, um, you know, people become experts in their industry, and so then, and so they don't need to go outside. And 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 to be honest, to go outside and try and find a solution or try and take your commercialized technology to another industry is not an easy feat because again you're dealing with different acronyms different ways of speaking you may yes, be saying different, different different three-letter acronyms absolutely right? and you may be saying the same thing um but you're talking a completely different language and so you may not understand each other and so that's kind of where wave was its specialty became was to do that translation between industries yeah, you, and, the universal trends because you think about these are ex, these are all expert cultures and in yeah. expert cultures you're prized on your expertise mm -hmm. not your ability to collaborate or dumb it down that's not what rewards in those cultures and they so then yeah. the silos just the walls get thicker really exactly so so and, and also 
if you think about it, to actually um, build a relationship and get into another industry takes about 10 years because you have to build the trust of those people. Yeah, you can't just you can't just walk in and, and say, oh, I'm Lockheed Martin into, you know, let's say Global Petroleum Show. You can't say, oh, I'm Lockheed Martin and you should work with me. People, a lot of people go, uh, who are you and why do I need to work with you? Why, you know? why are you? Why, yeah. Who are, who are you? I've maybe heard of you, but why are you relevant and why are you? Here? Yeah, exactly. That's and interesting. Same- so, 10 years. That's a... Yeah. The, just to sit with that and to respect that, because I think we also live in a world where everybody wants everything to happen overnight, but it's just mm-hmm. not how it works. That's interesting. No. Ten years. That's uh, if I had to pick a guess, I I would not have guessed that long. I would have maybe yeah. three to five. I think maybe optimistically, I would have thought. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it, I would say to be yeah to be fair, because again, you're dealing again with very insular industries, and they don't like trusting people outside their own industry, right? So it's not they don't like it. It's just that it's it's. Um, you're busy and you don't have time to build those relationships. Yeah. And, so and it's all about, it's all about risk, right? You're, mit- yeah. you're mitigating risk. And if I don't know you and I haven't worked with you, you're inherently risky no matter how smart you might be or how great of a solution you have in you, in your space. But at 10 to 15 years, I'm assuming at this point you're starting to see some of the fruits of your labor for one. And I guess what I'm really going to, I'm going to work back to you, like has the Calgary oil and gas sector also because of them being back on like a structural change that they've been going through, have they become more open? Because that would work, you know, we are going to circle back to economic transformation in Calgary here, is the oil and gas industry becoming more open to these alternative ways of looking at things or other industries and their solutions? Or is it still kind of the same in your mind? No, no, absolutely. They've been very, very, um, very open to new ways of doing things and and partnering with other industries. So we've been doing, I mean, we've been doing um, work with the oil and gas um, energy industry for, well, for 15 years. Um, uh, We've had, like I said, we've had things like oil water separators go into shipbuilding and we've had radar systems out of defense go into go into the energy industry for, for different things. So um, it, it uh, you have, uh, as always in every industry, you have those companies who are more aggressive in their innovation and advancements and others who just like to stay the course and there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. Um, so it's, um, so we've, uh, um, we've been doing that for probably about, um, 15, like I said, 15 years, and and it has been um, quite interesting to see how more and more that uh, those, these companies are starting to to understand how their technologies can come together and how they can work together. So we essentially, we said people usually come to us and say, okay, well I've got this commercialized product, and I think it would be good in the energy or in the defense or mining or whatever industry. Can you help us take it take it there? And uh, and we usually can. And again, our value add, <coughs> excuse me, as Wave is is not that we understand every single technology. We're not geniuses on everything. So that that would be logistically yeah. impossible. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, our our expertise and our value add is that we know how to talk the talk in different langu- in in different industries, and we have those connections because we only deal with the decision makers and companies. We only deal with the senior executives too. Um, you know, to start with, to to figure out where a technology could go or what they need. So when a company says that they need to find a technology because they're working on a project and would it be somewhere else, um, we would introduce them right away to that senior tech person that they need to be talking to um, and, and bring that together. So we don't match, uh, match matchmaker slash translator slash, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just thinking of all the yeah. skills that you have to do to kind of bridge the gap. Like, Hey, you're both saying the same thing using different words. Let me bridge that gap for you and yeah. then see the benefit that you can each have from that. 
Exactly, exactly. And sometimes it's not even, um, and, and because we've been doing this for so long, sometimes it's not even trying to find a solution or take another technology into another industry. Sometimes it's just, we're like, oh my God, you're working on this and you're working on that. And you guys need to come together because together that would be amazing if you could put your, your ideas together. And so often we'll do that as well. We'll say, oh, you know, you guys need to uh, connect. We'll get them connected. And then often it becomes a project in like Africa or, you know, somewhere else. It, it, so, it, yeah, the, it becomes greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from a Calgary perspective, obviously you've been Calgary based, you know, mm-hmm. what are you seeing from an economic transformation? It's a big word. It's buzzy. It's easy to throw around. Mm-hmm. Your perspective over the last, you know, maybe even three to five years uh, as the oil structurally changed how the oil and gas industry works. Are you seeing more of an openness? Like what's, what's your view on Calgary? Optimistic? Are you, are we doing things right? Are we still getting in our own way? Like what, what's the good, the bad and the ugly from your, your point of view? Um, I think um, from my point of view, I think uh, that Calgary is, is doing some great things. There's a lot of great companies who are looking to, to expand, diversify, whether it's regionally or into different industries. Um, um, I think that there's a lot of, um, I think where we're falling back a little bit is our branding of our city. Um, Cause there is so many brilliant people here and so many great technologies and, 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 and information that is being created here that, um, and it's not being, it's not being publicized. It's not being marketed properly. Um, and, and whether that's from a company perspective or, or, or a city perspective or a provincial perspective, I, you know, I'm not sure, but I think that, I mean, I try, of course, in the industry and where I work and what I do, I travel the world a lot. Um, um, we work with the with um, with the NATO allies. Uh, we work with NATO, um, so you can just imagine where our travels will take us. That said, um, everywhere we go, as soon as I say I'm from Calgary, they're like, "Oh, oil and gas." Of course. I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, absolutely, yes." We are, you know, but you know, as well, and and yeah. <laughs> did you know that we have, you know, Canada's leading space, uh, you know, research uh, port. Uh, division in at the university of calgary nobody knows this um no. I, I lived here 20 years and i don't i didn't know that in what you just told me so that I, yeah. I, you know, and i and i i do run into this very frequently with guests on the show like oh we have a perception problem or the you know the classic joke what is a calgary that you hear when you travel you know what is that when you travel around yeah. is that is that shifting at all like is is it improving or are we still you know and again it's not being wrong to be looked at as oil and gas it's be wrong no. to look at as only oil and gas right Right. It's, uh, you know, I, I think that um, uh, where where it's wrong and where and it's just like it's just like anybody looking into another industry. And we talked about this earlier about when you when you think of the defense industry, a lot of people just think military. When you think of, you know, oil, oil and gas, you just think oil and gas. You don't understand the technology that goes in and around that to make it hap- make happen what happens, you know, and you don't understand. And people don't look at. The supporting services that help these companies do what they need to do. Yes. What's in and, what's in the center, but are what are all the 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 spokes around that's that's that that pop up to support a core industry like oil and gas technology, data, uh, like you know, geo, everything that we are deep experts on here. That right just gets lumped into the oh yeah, just oil and gas because <laughs> right. it's easy. As humans, it, we're kind of lazy. We just want to cut to the end, and, and, but you miss all that information in between. Absolutely, and so um, you know. So when you look at that, I mean, if you think about it, um, everything that can be done or that is done on an offshore drilling rig, or even in uh, um, 
what's used in the oil sands or or any other drilling uh, area is exactly what can be also used in the defense industry on a variety of different levels. So, yeah. It's, so, um, so, so clearly you saw this opportunity long ago and have been and been in the trenches of it for 15 years. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I just lost your video. <laughs> oh, did you? Well, that's okay. It, the, okay. the audio still works. Okay. It's an audio-based platform, and I think the video is the bonus. So okay. uh, I should still be there. I should pop yeah. in. I can still, your audio is still good on my end. If you can okay. still hear me, we're good. Technology, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm endlessly impressed that the infrastructure didn't just completely crumble when everybody decided to work from home, <laughs> literally yeah. in, in like a 48-hour period of time. Right. I, know. I, can't, I know. I can't imagine what this experience would have been like 10 years ago. It would have been much more isolating. <laughs> I know. I, well, exactly. I, I, I can't even imagine. And, and even still, there was a lot of people who just, uh, I, I remember seeing um, lineups outside Memory Express and everything, because now everybody actually had to set up their home to do work. Uh, yeah, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't pretend like you don't understand technology anymore. I don't know how the Zoom call works. You need to figure it out because it's going to yeah. be, be your world for, for, a little, for a little while. And you yeah. said that. So how much, again, just thinking about industry and business and how business gets done. You talked about how much your world has changed. Like literally you're, you're not on planes every second day. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you seeing this? Like, is it a setback for industry? Is it a setback for collaboration or are we just resourceful humans that will find another way to get connection? Like, how do you see it unfolding going forward? Cause that's so critical. Uh, yeah. I think that there's a, a lot of people who, um, I think there was a there's a, a phase there or there was a portion where people were getting used to having to work at home and having to uh, kind of shift that mentality. How are we going to have these meetings? How are we going to do these things? Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, what what has to going forward now, people are getting used to it. As we were talking earlier, I think people are getting used to the fact that we are now having to work at home. Um, and so the zoom calls and everything like that are making sure that that regular business is getting done. But now um, we are having to, uh, I, I still think there's going to be that need for as a, as those accidental meetings, for example. Yes, and the, 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 random, the random bump-ins are hard yeah. to do online because you don't like zoom calls don't happen by accident. You have to pre-book them. Like it, it's all very pre-planned and the randomness of life. There's a lot of benefit can come out of sitting beside the random person on a plane or bumping into them in the line right. at a coffee shop while you're at a conference where it's all people in your sector. You're right. That, that human side, I don't know how we're going to replace that. I, I, do, I don't know. I, I, you know, and I, I don't, I don't think, um, I, I think that there is going to still, I think those things are still going to happen. It's just going to happen in a different form. Um, and, and I, and I say this, um, I mean, not because so five, as we were talking earlier, or as we mentioned ConvergeX, so five years ago as when I started ConvergeX because of this need for people to connect. So, so because it became more and more necessary, um, the, the defense industry hit a downturn after we pulled out of Afghanistan in 2010. Okay. And, um, and so they were in a downturn and they were still in a downturn when the energy industry started their downturn in 2015. That is the first time in history that both of those major industries have actually hit a downturn at the same time. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I never yeah. heard that. Yeah. Usually they were quite opposite of each other, but, but this is the first time it ever happened at the same time. So, um, so it was at that point that I said, okay, this, we just need to talk faster. We just need to get these individuals in a room together to talk a lot faster than they are because there's so many opportunities to collaborate and they're just missing it. And, and we don't, we can't be, you know, 
at, at a one-on-one basis. I can't be doing this on a one-on-one basis. So uh, yeah. I'll just, you know, I'll, why not? I'll just create a conference and, you know. Absolutely. Converge <laughs> okay, so is actually a physical conference. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's a, it's a, I would classify it more as a Congress. It's not a conference. Um, conferences are when you go and you go and listen to people. Congress, this is more of a very interactive process. So it's a, it's a two day, two and a half day, um, event where we have keynotes and panel discussions and the panel discussions are, are, are filled with individuals from different industries. So we, so we have energy. You're, you're, you're almost forcing those random, those random bump ins. Absolutely. So we're having, um, so we have an, you know, energy representatives. And when I say energy, I mean, oil, I mean, traditional, renewable, sustainable, nuclear, like all the forms of energy. Um, and so uh, we have energy, we have aerospace, defense, and security, which always gets lumped into one section, one group usually. Um, and then we have mining and we have um, um, the enablers like technology. Um, we have, uh, we're starting to see industries like fashion and agriculture, um, construction, all starting to come to the table and participate at, at this conference. Oh, that, okay. That's interesting. So everyone's looking for that different point of view or that, Oh, that's really interesting to hear. You're getting that kind of, so the word, I didn't expect you to say fashion. That was, I didn't expect that. that you threw me yeah. off with that one. <laughs> yeah, it does throw a lot of people off. Um, but it's because if you look at what's going on in the fashion industry and all the technologies that are going into smart clothing, for example, and the materials and the fibers and the, and the, um, you know, the sensors for determining your heart rate and your, uh, your perspiration and, you know, uh, your, your heat, you know, everything like that, your temperature of your body. Basically your, your personal dashboard, which has been in every military oriented sci-fi movie that we've all watched as kids or certainly that I watch where it's all coming to, to real life as our, as our wristwatches and our, and our phones monitor us. It's the next is our clothing. Inter interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. And the world is moving so fast um, that, that it's not always the, the defense industry who's ahead on the curve now. Right. So ah, there's, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That's in where in the past that was probably where the bleeding edge was happening only and mainly there. Right. Exactly. And now you're starting to see it in a variety of different industries as well. So it's just because, and again, it's just because of technology being the enabler, people can connect and communicate and do things a lot faster than, than they were able to do. And so, um, which is why you're starting to see the defense industry, um, I guess you could say open up their kimono a little bit more to uh, because they're recognizing that they can't, there's a lot of threats out there in the world and they can't keep up with that without going to civilians and to industry to figure out how to fix it because they, they can't move at that pace. So, I mean, they can on certain things, but they're, they, they can't cover every single industry. And as you can, and like I said earlier, it's very much an umbrella industry. They deal with everything. You, you go to a forward operating base, you're building an entire city or town yes. somewhere. <laughs> everything from how do we deal with waste to how do we deal with comms to how do we deal with like, every, everything. And then safety to so personal security. Like it literally yeah. covers everything almost at a 10 out of 10. Like everything is amplified because you're in a hostile environment often. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And so, and, and that goes, that goes from everywhere. So, and, and as we start to explore space more, you're starting to see that same thing. So a lot of the technology that our energy industry does, our oil and gas sector does, can be replicated on the moon, you know, or somewhere else. It's, you know, oh, just, we're, getting into, we're getting into all kinds of interesting territory now. <laughs> like, so it, everything from subsurface to space can be, you know, can be interchanged depending on, on the technological level. So, and being like, 
pivoting this, I feel like I could just go down so many roads with a million questions. That you, just, you said the moon. You was like, okay, where are we going to go now with this conversation? When we, so when we look back to Calgary is like, I guess I'm, I'm paraphrasing some of the things I'm hearing, like being more open, looking to other industries to learn from each other. Like that's part of collisions was designed to try to collide people together, which is exactly your business model. We just do it in a podcast format. I guess where, where can we get better as Calgary? Cause this is about the way forward. You know, obviously you stayed in Calgary, you kept your business here. If you're in Calgary, it's hard not to be optimistic about the future because it's such an amazing place to live. Mm-hmm. We do have some challenges. Any lessons that you can, you know, say as a city or as a group that we can take from some of the things you've learned by literally banging together industries that maybe fashion and defense, like those two right away blew my mind. What lessons can we take as a city where we can learn more by maybe being more humble, more vulnerable, more curious, more open? I don't know. What, 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 I'm trying to, I'm jumping all over the place here. <laughs> I would, you know, I, I think the key thing is, is um, don't be afraid to step out of your box. And, and, and so you're very good. Um, our city, our, our, our people in the city are amazing at what they do and they're world leaders in what they do. So look at sharing that information, look at bringing it to not necessarily to other cities that do oil and gas, but to other industries, right? So it's, and, and it's, inti- I, I get it. It's, it's intimidating. You're talking about, I mean, our first year of Convergex, I actually did a, um, uh, a syllabus of, of acronyms between the industries. Because- <laughs> it's literally how to talk to each other. Here, here's how to talk to someone from this industry. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, yeah, no, <laughs> it was, um, and I did it. And so the first Convergex ever was just oil and gas and defense. And, um, and so it's expanded obviously since then, but, um, but so I did create those syllabuses and, uh, indexes and we had, uh, 11 pages, 11, 12 pages of, of acronyms for the oil and gas industry. And we had 24 pages for the defense industry. So it was <laughs> it's volumes unto itself. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean the defense industry loves to turn absolutely everything into an acronym. It's quite it's quite funny, but um <laughs> it can be very hard to understand them. Every industry has kind of its DNA and its culture, and that's part of <laughs> yeah. it, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. But I think, yeah, I think it's it's diversification. I think it's um it's don't be afraid to to reach out. Um and if you if you think you have something that could be offered. Yeah, it'll be hard getting into another industry. And I mean, that's why Wave and ConvergeX exist to let people to accelerate that opportunity to get into those other industries. Because when we make a phone call, even if we don't know the company or the person to be able to uh, to be able to take that technology somewhere else, um, it wouldn't be hard for us to get that that really warm introduction. Because you, you, you know how to introduce the dialogue and kind of that first phase of the funnel of getting like some, oh, I'm aware of it. And now I see, understand why it might be relevant to me. Now I can get into digging into the, the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah, exactly. That relevance piece is huge. Like, yeah, you can become aware of something, but if you don't understand why it's relevant to you, quickly dismiss it because we're all busy. And But if you get to going, oh, okay, I kind of see what that's going on. And I'm, I'm assuming that's an art form that you've worked on, an art and a science that you've worked on over the years. It, it is. It, it absolutely is. Um, it, it's something, uh, I mean, even down to uh, PowerPoint presentations and such. I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times we've coached clients on on okay this needs to come out of your powerpoint and don't bring that up and you know like we'll often you know even though yes this is a valuable piece of information you're going to overload the other company with you know 
they won't they won't figure it out and then because there is always that risk of saying too much and I get it people get excited when they're going into another industry whether it's defense going into oil and gas or oil and gas going into defense or anywhere else they when they finally realize who they're talking to you get excited because it's a new and unique uh, opportunity for you right and and nothing experts love to do more than share what they know. <laughs> exactly, and sometimes that can just be a little bit too much, just because. Yes. Many many a client I've coached on the hierarchy of information. Tell that you can tell them that you can give them the two thousand word eight point font, but get them in, get them, let them yeah. understand the story before you hit them with the with the the white paper or the you know the cited work. Exactly. So, if so curious question, if you were going to go out there and you know, like you said, you made the comment about Calgary and just the level of horsepower and just the level of sheer intelligence and smart people and innovative people that we have here, mm -hmm. if you were going to reach out into the world and bring an industry to Calgary and say, hey, if you guys came here and you collided with this group of really talented people that some have some time right now, they're they're maybe free. What industry would you bring to Calgary? Where do you think would be the ultimate matchmaking if you were, and maybe you've already done this, so maybe it's an easy question. Yeah. Who would you bring and say, you guys should set up shop here. It'll take a little bit, but trust me, you will be in the right town for what you need to, the kind of talent and thinking you need to bring to the table. Um, we, we're heavily uh, working on um, the aerospace and defense industry and bringing that into, into Calgary more. Okay, um, even more so? Okay. Even more so. Um, it used to be quite a few years ago, back when I was first getting into the industry, um, aerospace was a pretty big uh, deal here in Alberta. We had a lot of defense contractors here. Um, if you look at um, our current um, population of defense contractors, we have quite a few. They're all Most of them are up in the no northeast quadrant of the city. Um, and, um, they are, um, they were put there as a result of, of, uh, programs that were implemented or, or, uh, created, you know, years and years ago from the defense sector. Um, moving forward, um, there is a ton of, of information and opportunities that can be collaborated. And I know a lot of defense contractors from around the world are looking to, uh, the West to figure out where they can go. So they, you know, they've, as okay. you know, a lot of them either come from the United States or Europe. And so as you can imagine, a lot of that, that's why there's a strong aerospace and defense industry from the Maritimes through to Manitoba. Um, and so- um, Proximity, just proximity of nothing else. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so now they're saying, okay, well, we kind of know what's there. We want it, we have no clue. It's like the wild west for them. They have no clue available to them out here and so they're they're more and more interested and in, and in, and in come out more and more often to try and figure out where they can who they can partner with and who they can collaborate with and what they can do and there's always this misnomer of um that a defense contractor will come in and they'll buy that company up and they'll take it and they'll exploit the IP and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's ultimately not true. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, in, that's in, so a little bit of the, the, the what, what's the fear look like? Yeah. And, and that's not true. They, they, the last thing they want to do is buy your company. They have enough to deal with on their own plate. So they, <laughs> they, they, they will look at, um, they're, they get very creative as to how they can work with you and how you can, you know, bring in, each of each other's IP and then exploit it differently um, for different things to, to each okay. other. So is that an industry that's built heavily on kind of joint ventures and, and kind of crossover projects like that? Uh, yes, but they don't like the word joint venture. So okay. yeah. Sorry. All right. right. 
So I, I, what, what is the acronym that they do like though? <laughs> we're getting an album. Yeah, they'll do they'll do consortiums and partnerships and you know that kind of thing. So it's, I, I don't have my I don't have my my handy syllabus in front of me. So yeah. I'm <laughs> do not say joint venture, Tyler. Don't say that's your one that's your yeah. one time. Don't say that again. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> no, and then the other thing that we're working on is um, uh, we're actually re uh, building up an Air Alberta Aerospace Association. So, okay. uh, so that, that. yeah, so that's uh, about creating a coalition of, of existing industry and business partners um, to really grow out the civil, commercial, defense, and space opportunities for the province because we have we have all of that here. It's just it's not being put all together and actually marketed and brought out properly. Oh, so a huge opportunity. So how many businesses would? You know, if you were going to just roll them all up, is that ten businesses? Is it fifty? Is it a hundred? Like, just to give an idea of scope, because again, this is something that I think is an average Albertan. You don't hear a lot about this. I, yeah. I, I don't. I'll plead yeah. ignorance on this. Um, how many businesses could be a part of this? Like, you think of Alberta Aerospace Association. If you were, if everybody jumped on board, is that thirty companies right now? Is it fifty? And if you don't have an answer, that's okay. I'm kind of just looking for kind of scope and scale. Well, right now we're starting with uh, with a group of uh, I think uh, thirty to fifty came on right away. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, that's what I was at. Just gives me that kind of an idea. Of that, out there. That's not limited. This is again because it's in the early stages of, of okay. coming together, um, and so they're not. It's about it's about creating those opportunities for these companies. So so it's not until we start to really find those opportunities that's when we'll start to really push it out and see and see um, um, what companies uh, what additional companies can be a part of it. But again, looking at that, looking at civil and. Um, um, Again, all of those different areas, civil, commercial, defense space, there's a lot of technology that feeds into all of that from, a, yes. from everything, everything, right? So from, from scheduling, from, you know, maintenance, repair and overhaul, from, you know, whole, building hangar, you know, everything so much. And that's what gets me personally excited to hear about industries like that because there is so much secondary. Like mm -hmm. there's the industry itself and then there's everything that pops up around it to support and facilitate that. Mm -hmm. And that's where you start to see really real deep economic change. Yeah. And you know you don't have to be involved directly to be able to support it, like the oil and gas sector, such a huge hub, and all the different nodes that kind of popped up around to support and allow it to function. To have a you know a few more kind of anchor tenants, if you will, in Alberta that mm -hmm. allowed more of those kind of secondary companies to support around that. Mm -hmm. That gets me excited about, you know, economic and, and a diverse economic future that's yeah. a little more robust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So question I like to ask guests, and you've said a few things already that I would maybe throw on there. If you were going to build your dashboard of like, you know, this is a dashboard that lets us know we can pop it up once a month and go, you know what, Alberta, Calgary, we're moving in the right direction because these things are happening. Mm -hmm. What are some of the indicators that you maybe look for? Or let's, you know, blue sky it. If you're going to build your imaginary dashboard, what kind of, what kind of gauges would you throw in there? I would like to see, um, I would like to see our educational institutions uh, be a little bit more vocal as to what they offer. I mean, they're, they're doing it, they're doing it. But again, like I said, you didn't re recognize or realize that Calgary's the, the, the national leader in space. <laughs> so I, I, not, and I plead ignorance on that for sure. Yeah. I did not know that. And so things like that. So I think, um, um, because I know when I go to different, um, uh, conferences, different defense conferences and such. Um, I can tell you, University of Alberta, University of Calgary, University of Lethbridge, like all of those, all of our institutions, they don't come top of mind. They're not first spoken out of the mouth. It's usually Waterloo or, 
you know, UBC even or something like that. So we need to get that. We need to get uh, our world class institutions more elevated um, and and more bragged about. I guess you could say. Um, I would say that. Um, I, th I think we're starting to see um, people are starting to recognize that there is more here in Calgary. Um, I don't uh, I, I'm not going to code it lightly that that us being an oil and gas town and marketing ourselves as an oil and gas town for a long time. It, it, it is hurting us right now because people, again, just don't they don't think of, of like I said before, the technologies and, uh, and innovations that go into getting crude out of the ground you know and um so it's um so i think um more and more as we do these things and make it more public um you know uh of of cross sector opportunities being done um then people start to recognize that you know yeah okay there's opportunities here that we didn't even think of that we could potentially use so i think calgary right now is is where Waterloo was when RIM left. Um, and so- Interesting, okay. Yeah. There's been some guests on that have made that comparison and talked about what the even transformation that Waterloo, if you go back 50 mm -hmm. years and kind of what they've been through. So that's interesting. So when RIM left, it would kind of parallel. So what are some of the parallels that that would make that true? So so when RIM left uh, that area, I mean, everybody just felt it was Blackberry that was around there and that's all it was. And and so, and now- so it's, They have really put it on the map for sure. Right? Yeah. And now, I mean, that, that region of Ontario is like one of the biggest, tech hubs and it is amazing what they're creating out of there and so they've just taken it and they've and they've modified what they do and now it's become this this incubator slash uh you know opportunity if you want to be in the tech industry uh you know tech sector you you, you do partner with or go to waterloo to to do some of that I think here we're in that same position. Um, it, it's recognizing instead of instead of talking about the industry itself, talk about the technologies that are here. Talk about the solutions. Okay, I, li I like here. that. Talk, the technologies being more the focus rather than just pick it blanket an industry. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So look at it. Look at it as a as a um, um, you know. Yeah. Okay. This this is. An oil and gas technology, but this is how it can be used in other aspects, or this is where we can use it for different things. And and I'm I'm not that's not an easy story to tell when you are siloed and focused on your own industry, um, like everybody is. So it's it's a matter of working with people who do look in those other industries or work in those other industries and talking with them and figuring out how to, you know, um, how how would you market or how would you say that this would work in your industry or or do you need something like this in your industry? So it's about it's it's really about communication, a lot of talking, being being open to it, but yeah, being curious, being curious enough to even look for one. <laughs> Curiosity is so important because if you're not, if you're not even curious, you're never even going to bother opening right. the page. Exactly. <laughs> Curious, curious. Sorry, that's not felt self-serving. Um, obviously, you've been involved in aerospace and defense, which I would imagine is government is usually not far away. I'm sure federal government is heavily involved in a lot of the different paths there, from being the customer to funding. To what role do you see in Alberta? Is it is it, is this industry that needs to pull up their you know? And this is not a criticism of pull up their socks and do it. Or what role do you see municipal, you know, provincial, federal, like from a government perspective? And I'm just curious because I can only imagine you've had a lot of dealings in with government being in the aerospace and defense sector, maybe an assumption. 
what role do you see the government di- at all its different levels playing in what Calgary or Alberta, it's hard to talk about Calgary as a little island. Mm-hmm. What role do you see them playing in this or maybe that they're not doing now or they need to do more of in the future? Um, so I think part of the reason why the defense uh, industry pulled out of Alberta, uh, the aerospace and defense industry pulled out of Alberta years ago is because they were not getting the support from the provincial and, and municipal governments. It's, it, and, um, and, and they look at that because they do deal a lot. I mean, a lot of their procurements are at a federal level. And if they are going to um, put another office or, you know, or, man, or uh, facility somewhere else in the country, they're going to want that provincial jurisdiction to be on board with them because that's pretty sounds pretty obvious when you say it like that (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's um it's about uh so i think i I mean our our current provincial government um are are start are really starting to get it they're really starting to be extremely supportive of the aerospace and defense industry okay that's that's good to hear that's excellent Mm -hmm. which is just going to benefit our oil and gas industry um because of all the opportunities there so I think that um, um, it, it, it is that it, it's that it's the provincial, it, you know, the defense industry is not this big, bad industry. It's not, you know, and it's so funny you say that I was going to ask because obviously oil and gas struggles under social license, mm-hmm. like what the, what the population will permit. And we've hung our hat on an industry that has got a couple black eyes and, um, and, and uh, you know, my wife works in oil and gas. All my friends work in oil and gas. Our world has been built on the oil and gas sector, mm-hmm. but certainly you're never wrong to, to shit on the oil and gas sector these days. It's kind of, it's unfortunate. Does defense fall into a similar category? Like, is it like, Oh, that's military. That's yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to make assumptions, but I'm like, Oh, these seem like two industries that lately are just lined up to get kind of, you know, shit on. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, to be, sorry to be blunt. It's uh, no, it's absolutely true, uh, um, and that's kind of also why they work so well together. <laughs> <'Cause they're, laughs> yes, yes, shared commiseration. <laughs> yeah, because they're not they're not exactly uh, they're not exactly your most popular industries when it comes to protests and 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 uh, and such. I mean, and, my, and that's why the mining industry is right in there with them. You know, so it's like it's um, and it's not because they're commiserating. It's just because uh, again, they're industries that. Um, you know, people, again, people don't understand the full scope of them. And so they like to take the worst part of them and, and try and exploit that. And so, uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, the defense industry has definitely had their, their struggles and their black eyes for sure. Um, and, and they've approached it by doing really cool and strategic marketing things, you know, so, um, uh, and and kind of giving a different perspective on what they do and how they do it. So kind of like what's happening now with the oil and gas industry, showing where oil and gas products are used in our daily lives. They're broadening the narrative. For yeah, sure. broadening. And, and and unfortunately, I think that should have happened way long time ago. And it. Well, you you you, you we've really allowed we and I'll say we. Uh, have allowed the negative voice to get some runway to kind of get ahead. And it's, and it's hard. Like the, you know, I always joke, you can argue with facts, but when you start arguing with beliefs, the argument usually tends to go nowhere. (laughs) And you're, we kind of got this belief out there of like, Oh yeah, you're just using your science to try to, I'm like, well, no, yes, we are using our, Uh, a friend of mine. um, I mentioned earlier, he was the chief operating officer at SEPA Canadian energy pipeline association. He said to me, he goes, Tyler, 
it's really frustrating when your opponents aren't hamstrung by the same things you are, like the truth, facts, and science. And you know, he was having a day, you know, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. very candid about it. And the pipeline industry, another industry that's been really negatively affected by public sentiment. And he's like, man, we come out with a science and we're just and we're being accused of using science to 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 cover ourselves. You know, he just was very challenged with the fact that this the the story was already written before he even got to show up at the table. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's true. And uh I think that is why um, uh, I think that is why the specifically these two industries, well, and add the mining industry in there, can really um, can really uh, work together on 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 um, um, you know when people say that you, as your friend was saying that he's already he's already behind the curve when he comes out with a new science he can't you know change the narrative. Unfortunately, that's always going to happen because you're always going to have you're always going to have your people who are who don't um, fully understand. I, I mean, I over the years, I can't tell you, I've been called some pretty unique names <laughs> for sure. Especially because, it, it, it does end up being personal, but it's usually sooner or later, right? Yeah, especially uh, because I do bring together all these industries. So um, they they you know I I was I was labeled the killer queen because I brought together purveyors of war and and environmental terrorists under one roof to talk about how they could work together. <laughs> so not recognizing. Yeah, you know what I did when we first got on the call, my brain didn't even go there for a second. But as we're talking, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really seeing the the common challenges that these, the queen. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I, I, and I hope you wore it with pride <laughs> in a weird I, you way. Know, I, well, I have a good theme song. Queen created a good theme song. <laughs> yes, I completely, I know my mind went filled in all those, all those blanks. Yeah. But that's part of the challenge is the education piece of like, you know, there is a story that's been told. It's not the whole story, you know, I listen, my wife constantly gets challenged. She's been working in oil and gas her whole life. She's like, do we not really realize this world we live in and the benefits and everything that we have and this quality of life that we take for granted that's been facilitated by the fossil fuel industry? And I know there's, it needs to do things better. And I believe it is doing some amazing things, but that narrative and the good side of it has just been left off the table. Like it's, it's, it's just pushed out of the way. Yeah. So it's very important. It is. And it's, and it's frustrating. And here in, in Calgary, I mean, we're kind of, uh, I'm not going to say we're in our bubble, but we're, um, we're, we're, we're speaking to the, we're preaching to the converted. We already understand it. We know, You're it, right. you know, and, and Albertans in general know it. Um, it's about getting that message out. And, and I know there's been a lot of great initiatives by the associations and uh, for example, the Canadian energy executive association, they've been doing roadshows across the nation um, talking to educational institutions and and talking about you know the indigenous benefit to the energy sector as well as you know it's not just digging holes into the ground and wrecking the environment and how environmentally conscious our energy industry is and you know and trying to educate how how we are way above anybody else in the world uh, with respect to how we deal with oil and gas and um, so on a whole variety of levels. So it's, um, I mean, so it's, it's starting to happen and it's good. And, and uh, I'm not saying the defense industry was ahead of the curve when they, when they got hit either, they had to come from behind. So, um, so it's always good to talk about that too, you know, cause you have a, as we said, a commiserating industry who, can help and to kind of say they can, they, they can relate they understand each other commiserating sounds a bit negative they, yeah. they understand and they you know the more they can come together yeah. and re and retool the narrative and benefit and bring these technologies in a way that actually people because at the end of the day we're still like the culture of me's and eyes mm-hmm. if i see how it benefits me you know it resonates it's you know that the proverbial we and getting out there and seeing all these technologies and, and the 
the benefit it can bring to this world of abundance for all, like not just Canada, but around the world. You know, there's a lot that those industries do that I think we would not be where we were. And I think there's so much more benefit they can provide globally. They just need to be given a little bit of license to do what they do as well as they do it. Absolutely. That was a big, that was a very, that was a very soapbox statement I just made. <laughs> I love the concept. Like we, we, we take our abundance for granted and we do because it's hard not to, because we're human, but the rest of the world doesn't live with the same quality and abundance that we, that we get here. And yet we're trying to curtail energy and in some of the industries that can facilitate that. Mm, I don't know. There's a balance. There's, that's always, a, it's always a complicated story when you start peeling back to layers. It is. Yeah, it is. And you can find the good, bad and ugly in all of it. Right. So yes, you can. If you just loosely just turn one stone over, you'll see something. Yeah. So, um, I'm listening to this. I'm enthused. I'm really interested about it, aerospace and, and defense. I'm, I'm maybe in Calgary, I'm looking for a different career. How would someone get involved? How do they learn more? Because it feels like a world that's a bit of a closed door. Like, how do I even, how do I get involved? How do I, you know, identify what a career might be for me down, down this path? What would you recommend there for anybody old or young that's looking to get more involved in a different industry? Um, I would say um, uh, do some research, uh, look at some of these, uh, go online, look at some of these, uh, these uh, companies and, and what they do. Um, any name, any name drops you want to put out there? This is a show about colliding people with things they haven't right, heard about. So you can name, you can name drop like crazy for sure. Okay, so the, there's this program, this national program um, uh, for the defense industry. It's called the Industrial Technological Benefits Program. It's a big mouthful. What, what's the what's the acronym? Does I, it have an acronym? Yeah, ITB. ITB. <laughs> there had to be so perfect. ITB. So the can you say can you say that again? Yeah, the Industrial Technological Benefits Program. And uh, what it is, is um, it's essentially broken down to very simplistic level because it is a, people make entire lifetime careers out of dealing with this program is um, is when Canada procures a large item. This only happens in the defense industry, this particular program. And when Canada procures a large item um, over um you know, $10 million, uh, Canada then has to, uh, that company then has to reinvest that money back into Canada. Um, and, and it's it okay. I I've heard. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I've heard that concept before. I had no idea what the name was. Yeah. And so, um, and there's a whole bunch of layers and there's a whole bunch of ways of doing it. And there's a lot of things that these contractors have to deal with to try and, um, to fulfill that obligation back to the government. Um, but in essence, um, what it does to these these defense contractors is it allows them, um, they get very creative with how they're going to fulfill their obligations. And so they look for other opportunities and other companies to partner with and, and other institutions to, to work with to see how they can fulfill their obligations. So um, so that, that makes it, um, and, and like I said, they are looking to Western Canada for some of these opportunities because um, they, they, as I said, they see it like the Wild West. They haven't explored it as much as they possibly could. And, uh, and so they're starting to um, uh, be more interested in what can happen out here. Um, so, so with that, there's, um, uh, I mean, every defense contractor that you have in this city um, specializes in another portion of, of, um, of what obligations they have to fulfill. So we have, um, you know, we have companies like uh, Raytheon and General Dynamics and uh, Lockheed Martin and um, 
we have Pratt and Whitney down in the south. We have Periton up there. We have there's a lot of of defense contractors, um, but you wouldn't actually go in and knock on their door and walk in and say, "Hey, can I get a job or can I talk with somebody about a job?" Um, <laughs> Don't show up with a resume. Is what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. Um, um, so. Um, they are secure facilities, so there is some some protocol around it. But another, but a way to also is, um, I mean, feel free to reach out to to us to waive. I mean, we're we have oh. those connections and we have that ability, so we could say, oh, you know what, we know a company that is actually looking for what you do, so we can okay. put you in touch. So, are you also looking for companies like smaller companies that might have a technology, might have something that would tie into this? Because I'm assuming it would be a benefit to get on the radar for some of these as as a maybe emerging technology or who knows mm -hmm. to try to get. I'm assuming you want to get a kind of. Is there a list? Like, how do you get on the, to be looked at for some of these partnerships? Um. So yeah. So we um, we have a uh, one way is well to talk with us and then we can we can kind of see where where you would fit or how you would fit and such and then another way of course is also um, converge X itself because that's the point it's bringing everybody yeah. together and so from multiple industries to talk about how they can work together and it's not just large co's it is also there are a lot of small companies that uh, okay I was curious about that that yeah. was yeah I, I was hoping that that would be the case just yeah. to kind of mix it all together and yeah. see what kind of happens yeah so so I'm curious when was your next converge X scheduled how are you uh, to get into the logistics how are you gonna how are you approaching that right now? Um, so Converge, we just wrapped our, our fifth year uh, in February. So we were able to to run that. Oh, congratulations to get in just under the wire. Yep, exactly. <laughs> we didn't, that we didn't know was coming. Exactly. Um, so we just wrapped that one. Um, um, going forward, uh, we've already expanded over into Europe. So we had a um, we had a ConvergeX over in uh, London last September. Um, there will be more happening once this kind of breaks. So we do think we have a round table that's attached to our to our conference um our congress that um where it's it's very limited people so we talk about a specific topic that could that bring actual items out of it right away and so we invite people who have that technology or capability to do what we need done or what could possibly be needed um from uh, from those discussions so um so we had a round table and then we'll be having more um, We've had, uh, we have, um, we're working with the Consumer Electronics Show because they're wanting to launch a ConvergeX for January 2021 with them. So that means bringing more tech executives in to meet with the defense and energy executives. Which makes which makes tons of sense when you say it out loud. That's great. Yeah, and then um, um, we had the uh, the Peruvian government has approached us to do a Latin American version of ConvergeX for them uh, in September 2021. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, Calgary will happen again, um, around April, 2021. So how, you know, how this is all, we're hoping that, you know, ours is not a big Congress. It is by, it's by invitation or, um, you know, because again, it's decision makers in the room. Um, yes. and so, um, it is about, um, you know, you can be referred by people or you can just ask us if, if this is an appropriate conference for you to um, attend. But we definitely um, uh, it's not it's never going to be a 10,000, 20,000, 40, 100,000 person Congress. It's right. Not, it would, not, that, that would destroy the secret sauce, right? Exactly. It is Chatham House rule. It is. Um, we've had um, we had about 250 this past year. We're, we're going to keep growing it. Um, it. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever hit a thousand because I think you lose that intimacy 
around the thousand mark. So we'll keep growing it to see, you know, where we hit our limit. And, and then when it becomes not personal, you know, and people aren't getting what they need out of it, then we'll probably scale it back a bit. But learn you. Yeah. You learn you adapt to change. Yeah. Um, Kimberly, thanks so much for your conversation today. Your candor exposing like myself, I'll be, I'll be selfish audience of one here, <laughs> exposing me to a different perspective of an industry that like always seems interesting, but just kind of seems off in the distance to know that it does have, it has played a, such a strong role here and the potential for that in the future. is quite optimistic and exciting for me. I believe we need to get everybody off the bench and onto the field here to make, to drive Calgary forward. <laughs> what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? LinkedIn, website, email, what's your preferred? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I have, uh, you can, our website, uh, wave.co and convergex.co. Um, okay, we'll, we'll share some links too when we post the, yeah. when we post the episode, make it easy for people to come and, and you guys and have a chat. Yeah. And they can feel free to send me a direct email to, um, you know, at my, at my email address at Kim at wave.co. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. W a V V dot co. Mm-hmm. Well, Kimberly, thank you so much. Enjoy. Uh, this will be aired afterwards, but we're rolling into the May long weekend right now. Mm -hmm. So enjoy the, what it looks to be a sunny, a sunny, a sunny weekend. I'm a lot more, this would be a lot darker days if we were dealing with this lockdown and it was November. The sun really helped. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Thank you.